Amen. Good to see everybody here. I've got friends visiting from other churches, which is uh, super cool. My youth pastor is here today. So everybody say hi, Pastor Jeff. He's over there. Raise your hand, Pastor Jeff, and his wife, Colleen. Their family's here. They are a big reason of why I'm here. So you can blame them or thank them, your choice. So uh, I choose to thank them. And uh, hopefully you will the same. And uh, so, yeah, so we've got uh, now church, uh, some visitors here. We've got some C3 uh, visitors here. So love our sister churches. And uh, yeah, our lights are on, man. So, so we're here and we're glad you are joining with us. This is a strange week. Uh, it doesn't help uh, what happened last night. We'll just leave it at that. I pretty much am not going to be able to watch TV today because it just, it just hurts. And, uh, but this week in itself is a challenging week. And I think if, if you're like me, maybe you get a little bit of blues after Christmas and uh, you just have this kind of, the air is like, I don't know, Elvis left the building. Like it just, something changed and we get all ramped up, we get all jacked up for Christmas and, and this big crescendo, but then sneaking right behind it always like Dave Ramsey said surprise Christmas is on December 25th again like like it, it comes every year at the same time and then one week later is New Year's Day and so we we have this acceleration period through Christmas and then we hit this end and all of a sudden the new year is right there and as I've gotten older this week seems to hit me heavier every year is anybody else like that with me? Like, it's, you feel the, it's, it's not, birthdays I still like because I'm, I don't know, I just like them. And, uh, but like some people dread birthdays because like it's another year. This, this is that, this, all of that is in this week for me where it's like this, this weight of looking back, but then also looking forward. And, and I try not to be, uh, to focus on regret or things like that, but I'm thinking of the things that, that didn't happen this year that I wanted to, uh, things that happened that I didn't want to happen. And then I'm looking at this next year and wondering what it's going to be like. And it's full of some pretty exciting things. I want to look backwards onto this year and celebrate some things because I think it's good to look in the rearview mirror every now and then. But as we're going to see through this message, we, we can't stay there because you'll run into something and, uh, and you won't like the results. And so I wanted to highlight some things that, that have happened uh, around family church this last year. And, and one of the coolest things is that some of y'all, I know we have a lot of visiting friends, some of y'all have called this church home in 2019. If, if that's you, raise your hand this morning. This is the year you decided to call this church home. That is amazing. Can we give God some, some love for that? That is huge. That is significant. As a six-year-old church, that is, it, it makes all the difference in the world because it means that we're, we're doing what God called us to do, that we're welcoming people home. Some of you all had relationships with, with Jesus already, and, have, and God has moved you from other churches for various reasons. Um, either your pastor, like, said you got to go, or, or, uh, or I bribed you, or something like that. I don't know. And, uh, but you're here, and then I've seen some people come in that have been away from God for a long time and have been away from church and, and God's family for a long time. And it is so refreshing to see people come back to God and his family. And, and the rest of our vision is that then you would begin to rediscover God's plan for your life. And we are seeing that, and I'm so excited for, for all of that has happened. Back uh, just about a year ago, it was in January that uh, that crazy little Scottish lady started working for us. 
I only understand one out of every three words, but I, what I hear is, oh, boo, what I hear is really good. She's right there. We hired Pastor Laura, the coolest kids pastor in the world this year. Yes. And by the way, she came with some pretty cool people too, Gary and Hannah. So man, this has been so much fun. Uh, these t-shirts, uh, I'll do a little plug here. Gary designed these and uh, they're going to be available here uh, starting next week. So that's pretty cool. Um, we made a significant investment into our children financially this year. And I need you guys to know that it is, it is a significant part of a church plants budget. And, and, uh, and it's one of those things that you have to kind of make the, uh, you, you work as best as you can through those first few years. Now Nicole's feeling bad because I just put her severely into second place, but you're the best second place ever. And, uh, anyways, don't make me feel bad now. This is good stuff. And, uh, shameful. And uh, so we've made a significant investment into our kids. Um, we're paying for the best curriculum on the planet. I need you guys to know that what you, when you're obedient to the Lord and you're giving, it matters. We take a lot of care in how we move it around. And, and we have a probably a higher than average percentage for a six-year-old church going into kids ministry. And that's because I absolutely believe that without the next generation, there is no church. There's no junior Holy Spirit down there. Everything happening down there is just as important, if not as more important than up here. I believe that. And so I'm so excited for the investment that we made this last year. Continuing with staff, my beloved, beautiful wife, was crazy enough to decide to work with me this year. Now, she's always been the brains of the operation. But this year, at the end, her and Dave have stepped into the executive leadership team with me, and they are helping me run this crazy place. How cool is that? And so we've had other people step into. Give them a round of applause. They work so hard. Has anybody noticed that other than the songs I led today, that worship has been really good lately? That was funny, guys. Uh, seriously, we have been blessed. I mean, with there again, I, I know I'll say this over and over again, for a church of our size to have a group of 20 people rotating on the stage and the quality that's coming out, we are beyond blessed. And it's part of why I'm up there today is because uh, poor Adam, man, his fingers are worn out. He led the last three services, and uh, Lauren's up right again here coming soon. And so uh, just the the experience worship is a big part of, of my life and, and how I grew up in church and it was really where I had um, my deepest moments with the Lord and and significant points of movement in my faith were came oftentimes during worship and so for that to be breaking out at a, at a higher level at this place is so cool uh, we just started our team nights which um, I, I steal all my ideas from other people by the way all the good pastors do uh, because we're not that smart. We just love Jesus and we love people. So we got to get good ideas from other people. These team nights are what are going to keep our church small as we grow big. What do I mean by that? It's important that you don't ever just feel like one more person sitting there. And then especially when you begin to serve in this place, that you don't just feel like you're doing a job. That is not what we're here to do. We're here to serve the King of Kings in the most interesting of ways whether it's taking care of taking out the trash, whether it's feeding babies, whether it's serving in, the, in the teaching kids or, or being on the worship team, helping with cafe, Bill and the sound team. Oh my gosh, 
we want it to be a part of your relationship with God where you find your place in serving him and in his kingdom. And so those team nights are where we stay together as a unified team and where we learn from our leaders and, and we learn new ways and better ways to take care of the people that God is trusting to us. So excited about team nights. You guys have to peek in, I would suggest, about every two to three months down in the basement because you really won't notice change any faster than that, even though there's a lot of stuff happening. Am I right? It's deceptive. What It looks like what's not happening. But if you go all the way past the kids' rooms and if you go past the, base, uh, past the bathrooms, you are welcome. I give you permission now. Open the door that just says storage. That is a little bit of a misnomer because behind that door is 3,000 unfinished square feet of our future life space for this church. And there's a team of people. Come on, come on, come on. There's a team of people working so hard on this. And right now we're wiring in the electric. Uh, we've got, we're finally waterproof down there, which is, you know, it's good. I didn't want this to be an ark. Like we want it to be a, a church and uh, we want to stay in one place. And so we're watertight. We've got the insulation stacked up. And have I told you guys lately that we do not owe anybody anything? Debt free, baby. And so uh, that affects the pace of things. But uh, I feel like, as, as, at least for this stage, that that's how we're supposed to approach it, that it's going to be almost all volunteer, and then uh, we're paying for our materials as we go. That basement should be open up sometime this year. That's going to explode what the kids can do. That's going to be our youth space. That's going to be dinners for uh, church gatherings, weddings, you name it. There's a kitchen down there. You know, there's nothing that works in it, but that's beside the point. Um, one thing at a time. I got letters recently from both of our uh, missions that we support. We support Victory Ministries. Pastor Lloyd Craycroft has preached here. And then we had Steve Telfer share. So uh, Victory Ministries, they help the poor, period. And uh, so uh, they just gave away about 1,200 uh, loads of uh, groceries and toys over the Christmas time. I got to self, uh, serve there for a few hours. And uh, they're down in Whitehall, and they're an amazing work that I've, I've known Pastor Lloyd most of my whole life. And then uh, we also support Steve Telfer with Youth for Christ. He is the chaplain at the juvenile detention center that's down in Lancaster. That serves five counties. So he sees every troubled kid in the five-county area. And he gets to meet with them personally. He shares Jesus with them. They can volunteer, which most of them do, because they want to come. They want to get out of their lockdown. They go to a Bible study a couple nights a week. Most of them set up one-on-one -on -one times, and this guy digs into why they are there. Is that cool? So we've given each of those ministries over $1,000 this year, and that's because of you guys. And I, that's something that we need to celebrate. Our missions, I'll, I'll get to next year. We've had salvations and baptisms this year, and what I see in, in just about everybody I've had a, a conversation with is, is a word that's a, a buzzword in churches these days called life change. What does that mean? Well, we're at the time of year where, where we're looking at changing maybe the, the number on the scale, the number on our bank account, the number of children we want to get out of the house, or, or I don't know, maybe that's just me, um, number of dogs that need a, need a, a foster home, uh, and um, I'll be nice. Um, But life changes is when, is when we move closer to God. And, and I've seen that 
in, in the people of this church over this last year. And I can tell you that God is changing me here. And that is so big. I, I don't do this because I've arrived and, I'm, and I get to share from my great wealth of, of whatever I have. God is still doing something in me, and, and I believe he's going to use this church, if it's your home, to, to make that difference in you. We have a lot to be thankful for. Amen? Well, what about 2020? I want to read to you from Hebrews 10 this morning. Now that I bragged on 2019 quite a bit. One of my favorite passages, Hebrews 10, 35, and I'm going to read through 39. It says, so do not throw away this confident trust in the Lord. Remember the great reward it brings you. Patient endurance is what you need now so that you will continue to do God's will. Then you will receive all that he has promised. For in just a little while, the coming one will come and will not delay and my righteous ones will live by faith, and I will take no pleasure in anyone who turns away. But we are not like those who turn away from God to their own destruction. We are the faithful ones whose souls will be saved. How can we make sure that 2020 is all that God wants it to be for you and me and this church and the church you belong to? How can we make sure that, that 2020, I've got my own personal goals, but it's so important that I take the things I want to do and I make them secondary and make sure that they lean off of what God wants to do. I can real easily this time of year, just along with any of you, I can easily go rogue because I can look at, I can look at symptoms and just start making changes in my life and attack those things. I could work harder if I need more money. I could, I could hit the treadmill more if I'm trying to lose some pounds. I can, I can do this. I can do that. And, and those things can be good. But if I'm not careful, I can easily make these big decisions and these big plans for 2020, I can very easily make them without the one who made me. Does that make sense? And so we want to move forward into what God has. How can we make sure that 2020 is everything God wants us to be? These verses give us three steps we need to take. Go ahead and write these down. One is remember. Two is remain. Three is receive. Remember, remain, receive. And I'm going to say those a couple more times as we move through, and there will not be a test. But God loves you a little more if you take notes. That's all I'm saying. It's in the Bible. It's in like 3 Timothy or something. I don't know. That's not a real book. But anyways, all right, moving on. Verse 35, okay, so number one is remember. Verse 35 says, do not throw away your confident trust in the Lord. Whatever you have in God right now, remember it as you're moving into tomorrow. Because God is constantly building our lives. And the trust that I have today is because of where I started a year ago and the year before that, and then the things that I've gone through since, right? And so it's important that I remember that I already trust him. I have given my life to him, and, and plenty of times I yank it back, and I forget for, to trust him with some of the details. But it is so important that I remember that I am confident in my God. And he's worthy of it. He's never failed me. The results might not look like how I want them to look, 
But when I look back at the, the time I've walked with God and the time I've, even before I, he became my own and I made him my own God, before uh, when I was growing up in my parents' house, I watched them trust him. I have never seen my God fail me. So it's important that my anchor for 2020 is remembering that I trust God. No matter what comes on the news, no matter what happens, no matter surely what happens in some silly game that I do get very passionate about, but no matter what happens, no matter if my kids are, are on the other side of, of, the, uh, of the country, which Lily moves back in five weeks for good, Hallelujah. She finally listened to the Lord and has come. No, she. <laughs> Jaime is done serving in the Marines as of uh, the end of May. And so, so proud of him. Uh, but we get our family back all the way here in, o in Ohio. So we're super excited about that. But no matter what's going on with my kids, no matter what's going on inside this church, no matter what's going on in the culture around me, I've got an anchor. I need to remember that I trust God. This also says to remember the great reward. What are we talking about here? We're playing an end game. There's something coming. There's a reason for the struggle. There's a reason for the battles. There's a larger war that's encompassing all of this. And there's, there's something coming. We just celebrated Christmas, which the church celebrates within that Advent, and, and it's kind of a lost art, I would say, inside the church. But Advent is all about celebrating the coming of the Messiah. That's how God sent his Savior to the world was through baby Jesus. But then we all know and we're thankful that he rose, that he taught us, that he died for us, that he rose again, that he ascended back to the throne. But the reason why the church celebrates Advent is because it means he's coming. Like the church celebrates that he came, but then we also celebrate that he's coming. And so we need to remember that, that God is coming for us, that there's, there will be a solution to all of this. There will be restoration made to humanity through, through this. And so we've got a lot to build off of going into 2020. Number one is remember. Number two is remain. Verse 36 talks about patient endurance. Let me read that again. It says, it says, patient endurance is what you need now. Now, patience and me aren't always good friends. Like, I, we're frenemies. Like, um, we get along some days when I'm, like, waiting for, like, something delicious to cook or uh, something like that, or I'm waiting for the next episode of The Mandalorian, or, like, there's, like, it's okay. Like, it builds, you know, Christmas. I like, I like that there's some buildup to it. I have no patience on the road. I'm, I'm convinced that anybody that drives less than the speed limit is evil, and anybody that stays exactly on the speed limit really needs saved. Like, you are so religious that you need really, like, Jesus wants to love on you and, and, uh, and, and, and set you free so you don't have to anger the poor guy behind you. And, and so I'm not patient with my dog. I'm not patient with my children. I'm not patient with some of the things that go on in this church because I want things to happen, and I want them to happen now. And God is constantly reminding me that I'm on his timeline, and I just need to wait. And so this word here says you need patient endurance right now. 
Now, that's like a doctor telling you you need to get healthier. Well, thank you, doc. But this is, sometimes we need to hear the obvious. Patient endurance is what I need now. This church thing, it like, this is not, it's not something that just happens overnight. This thing is really still being born. And churches are something that, that are a living entity and, and things are happening and moving through. And if I get impatient with what God is doing here, oh, I, I, can, make it, I can make it nasty. And instead, i got to remember to trust that it's God's work and that I'm just one of the many people here serving and doing a role and watch Him move this thing into what He wants it to be. And guess what? He does a pretty good job of it right? What about with my family? What about with my concerns? What about with my goals? Patient endurance is what I need now. So number two is remain. Verse 38 says, my righteous ones will live by faith. That's big. Because that means that the decisions that I make, the, the, the ways I interact with people, the ways I look forward to things, the way I interact with my money, the way I, I take care of my friends, the way I lead this church, I, I have to be a man of faith. I'm called to it. And that's part of that remain, is to just to remain faithful. We need to continue to do God's will. We've been given a mandate here to welcome people home to God, His family, and His plan. That might look differently as time moves on, but I love what we're doing right now. I love that, that we're loving people as they come in the door and, and that they're, they're feeling like they're in somebody's living room instead of in a cold room. And, and, and yeah, this carpet's old and stuff, but when, when you feel loved when you come in, that's all that matters. And then, and then if, if God imparts spiritual truth to you and change, then, then you, you got up for a good reason. Like, it's okay to get up and come here for a hug, but I want you to go away with a heart fuller of God. And so we've got to stay the course with what we're doing. Patient endurance. Continue to do God's will. So what's 2020 looking like? For the family church. I'm excited to tell you that about 10% of next year's budget is for missions and outreach. Um, that's important to me um, because I believe that the, the church should, should be a picture of our personal finances where, where first fruits is, 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 is immediately released to other, other entities and, and pushed out beyond just keeping the bills paid. And, and, and maybe that's something you're struggling with. Maybe that's a step of faith you, you haven't quite gotten to yet. But I want you to know that as far as where our church money is, is spent and as far as my personal finances, that is very important to me, that we would be constantly looking outward with what God has trusted us with. Is that cool? You guys should be excited about that. I do believe that we're going to, I'm going to speak it in faith. I should be a man of faith, right? I'm pretty sure we're getting a new roof this year. Pretty sure. Come on. We're already over a quarter of the way there. The basement actually is, is, is going to, we're able to just move that through just with the excess of each month. And I believe that the basement will be open sometime in 2020. And, um, and, and, and like I said, this church as a whole is 13,000 square feet. We are only using 10 of it. A lot of it's right here. 
everything else is just small rooms until we open up that basement. And then, and then we can start having some fun with some other things. So uh, that's opening up. Um, I mentioned this last week. I really do know that these bathrooms are disgusting. I, I, do, I did get the memo on that. Like, it's not cool to have rust on, like, the walls that separate. Like, anyways, we don't want to talk about the bathrooms for too long. Those are going to get done this year. Uh, that's pretty cool. Uh, the kids' hallway, we want to make it look a little less dungeony as you go down the stairs. So, like, kids don't look down the stairs and go, Ooh, like I, I actually want to go down there and uh, because they should, because once they get down there, they're going to be really happy they did. But we want to make that look a little better. Would it be OK if we started a youth ministry this year? Come on now. I reference it a lot. I was a youth pastor for 10 years and I, I met with a family recently and, and it was actually one of their concerns. Like, are we going to do a youth ministry? And and I said, you bet. I said, we've, we've got to do it when we can do it well. And, um, and so in the budget, starting in March, I'm going to be able to hire two, uh, two uh, interns, and uh, I'm going to train them, and we're going to get them the resources they need to start connecting to our kids. And so if you're interested in working with the young people of this church, we've actually got about 20 teenagers attached to our church. And, um, and so we've already got an in-house like group to reach. Um, but uh, that's just the that's just scratching the surface and um and so uh that's a, a, a still a big part of my heart is that we would reach uh the young people of this community and so um so that starts this year um would it be okay if we had more worship nights and that we begin to uh pray over each other we're building our prayer teams right now we're going to start uh in first quarter where there's going to be a monthly night here where you can come in and have meet with people to pray with you and so, um, come on. I think that's amazing. Uh, that was a big ministry uh, where in the church I grew up in. And, um, and even as a pastor, as a leader, there were multiple times where Danielle and I went and we sat with these group of people that all they cared about was, was praying over the needs of, of, of people in the church. And uh, Danielle was healed in one of those sessions. Uh, uh, I mean, we, we, we had... Um, We've had amazing breakthroughs because we had a place where we could go and people we could uh, confidentially talk to and pray through situations and have people agree with us in prayer, lay hands on us, and, and, and watch God move. And so we're going to make that available in 2020. And I believe that worship and, and the things that we enjoy here already are just going to keep getting better. Does that sound like something we can get excited about? Come on now. I am so blessed to be doing what I do, and I, I hope I thank the people that helped me enough um, because it is, uh, this was the year where I felt like I could just push on my small part of the wheel, and I felt like I had other people pushing their parts all around me. And, and that's normal for a church plant. Um, some churches stay that way. And, and the pastor is basically kind of like the, the main cog and runs everything, and, and they have to know everything. Like, stuff is starting to happen now, and I, like, it's kind of nice to say I didn't know about it. Uh, it's, a, it's a nice little alibi, but, like, things are happening without me having to be involved. And, and, and that's, that's called discipleship, by the way. 
And so we want to be a place of turning people loose under the full power of the Holy Spirit, uh, where they're trained on what they want, on, on what they're called to do, and then released to serve. How exciting is that? And so there is a team of people behind the scenes, and one of their main charges is that they would be multiplying their leadership to the people that they're that are serving alongside them. And so it's so important. Uh, you're going to hear probably at least 10 different guest speakers next year. It's not because I'm going golfing on Sundays. It's because I believe that there are people that have been called to teach the Word of God, and they need to be given opportunities for it. And so how cool is that, that, that we would train up? We've got gifted speakers here that they need the opportunities. And so so that is on purpose. It, it is, it is, I'm... Believe me, the foot's on the gas. We're moving forward. But it is important that we multiply what God is doing, that we make disciples. This week is a strange one in that I can't help but have one eye on the rearview mirror at the same time I'm trying to look out the windshield. And, and yes, there are things that, that, that I'm concerned about. There, there are things that are going on personally in my life. There are things that I know of that are going on in some of your lives that, that weigh heavily on me. We've had multiple people this last year go through open heart surgery. Like we're, we're not that big of a church and we've had like five people with heart attacks in the last 12 months. Like it's been crazy. I don't want you to like scare you away from the place, but, um, but, uh, it's not the muffins, I promise. Like, um, or the preaching, I hope, but uh, like we've got people going through serious things. We've got people going through uh, through mental health issues. We've got people going through marriage issues. We've got that's just my house. No, I'm just kidding. Um, now I will. Uh, we've got stuff going on, and I think it's good to look in the rearview mirror and say, God, I I I, I could have followed you a little closer there, God. I missed it there. God, I'm sad that that happened. God, I'm concerned about this. But God, I want to look back on 2019, and hopefully you hear it from, from my words today. I am grateful for this last year. I have seen God move in this place. I'm seeing God move in and through you. I'm seeing things happen with our kids and, and uh, all of our kids. I'm seeing him move in my house. And I am thankful for 2019. And so part of this service is where we look back and say, God, we honor you for what you've done. And then we look out the windshield which should always be bigger. And as a pastor and a dad, I just can't resist puns and bad jokes. But like, it's 2020. Like, can we move forward with clear vision? Like, as I'm getting older, I'm, I'm, now I'm starting to do the, the moving the book thing. That's lousy, by the way. Like, I used to be able to read the smallest of print, and now I... I'm doing that book thing. Like, I, I got to adjust where things are when I'm reading now. And that's just sad. But that's okay. What I am not sad about is when I look at the world around me, regardless of, of the circumstances, regardless of a stupid election year, regardless of whatever the media wants to say is terrible about my world and what is threatening to me and what should put fear in my heart, that I can look at the world around me, I can look at the days to come and know that my God is on the throne and know that he has a work for us to do and we get to take a part in it.
is that okay if we just keep doing what he's given us to do? Yes, there are things we're going to have to pay attention to. Yes, we should vote. Yes, we should move through. We got to keep moving through some things. But God has something big for us to be a part of. He wants us to make a difference. He wants us to make an impact against the kingdom of darkness. He wants people to come to him. And every church that lifts up the name of Jesus shares in that calling to reach people that are now lost, that they would come home to him. And friends, if we're not doing that, I'm not interested. And so I'm personally looking forward to 2020. I believe that we are getting a clear idea of what God wants us to do. How can we make sure that 2020 is everything God wants it to be? Number one, remember. Number two, remain. Number three is receive. And we receive two ways. Number one, we get to be a part of what he's doing. And there is still nothing that rings my bell better than somebody's, than the light coming on in somebody's soul for the very first time or for a long time. There is nothing better on the planet than seeing somebody turn their life over to Jesus and watch them step, step out of shame into light in life. There's nothing better. That is a reward that I just, I can't get enough of. And I get to share that right now. I can receive those things right now. But as we close this Advent season, I want us to be reminded one more time that there is a reward coming for His church, for the faithful ones that don't shrink back, for the faithful ones who take the time to, to be patient in the Lord, to keep enduring at the things they've been called to. It's tough raising kids. It's tough paying the bills. It's tough leading a church. It's tough going to work every day. It's tough putting up with people. Can I tell you that God honors the faithful? So if you're feeling like the grind is just endless, it might be, but it is for a purpose that is so worth it. And so we are playing for reward that I'm, we get to enjoy now because I, when I see life change, it just, it's, it's, it just feeds my spirit. But I'm also playing for the reward, and, and, that's, and that's when God comes back for me and you. How do we make sure that 2020 is everything that God wants it to be? Number one, remember. Number two, remain. Number three, receive. I do want to plug next month's series because I'm awful proud of this title. It's called Not This Year, Satan. And, um, and basically, it's more of the same. What are, what are the things where you just want to take a stand and say, not this year? What is it? What is it? Has your faith waned? Has your joy been lost? Has, have you fallen into depression? Have you fallen into fear? I want to move through next month, put up our dukes. Say with me, not this year, Satan. Not this. I hope you guys join us for that month. Can we pray this morning? Father God, I thank you for your word. God, I thank you for scripture that's written thousands of years ago with the same heart that, that we can feel today. God, I thank you that the author of Hebrews was, was full of faith, God, but yet still, still drawing a line in the sand saying, I am not going to be one of those that shrinks back from the calling on my life. 
we are not going to be a church that shrinks back from the calling that you've given this church. God, I thank you that you would give us the strength to be faithful. If you've never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, if you've never asked him to forgive you, he wants to. If you've never trusted him with the leadership of your life, I don't care what plans you make for 2020. You're wasting your time without him at the lead. And I don't say that to be cruel. I say it so that you would find freedom in his care. If you've never trusted Jesus with your heart, with your soul, and you're ready to cross that line of faith today, would you raise your hand? I want to pray with you. Are you ready to give him your future? I see those hands. God sees you moving towards him. He loves it. He absolutely loves it. The story of the prodigal son says he ran as soon as he started seeing his son walking towards him. Anybody else? A simple prayer is like this. Father God, I come to you. I thank you for loving me. I ask you to forgive my sins. I thank you for forgiving me. God, I ask you and trust you to lead me. And I commit to obeying you. Amen. Maybe this year you're looking back and you're having a hard time being grateful for 2019. Sometimes we get to the end of the year and you just want that door to close as fast as it possibly can and you're just praying the next one's better. Friend, you might have had some pain in 2019, but if you're sitting here, then I want you to know that God is moving in your life and you did something right by obeying him and being here today. And that means that there's always hope. And so if you're in that place where you're struggling to be grateful for 2019, can I pray over you? Father God, I lift up the, the discouraged, the disheartened God. God, maybe 2019 was a bad year for some of us and from our perspective. God, I pray that your peace would move across this room. God, I thank you that those that are just ready to throw away 2019 and really don't care to talk about it again, God, I pray that they would start to see places in which you kept them from falling even further than they could have. God, where you spared them from greater pain. God, where they just could see where your hand was on their life, even in the middle of a storm. So God, that perhaps they could look back at 2019 and say, God, this one wasn't my favorite, but I thank you that you didn't leave me. And what about 2020? Whose plans? Whose dreams? I believe he gives us our dreams, but I believe we've got to make sure that they are in line with his. I pray that you would agree with me this morning. Father God, we place our dreams, our plans, our goals, our desires for 2020 at your feet, and we submit them to your higher plans for our life. God, we trust you 
to lead us, to provide for us, to meet our needs. God, where there's healing needed, God, I speak your healing word today, your healing touch. God, where there's wisdom needed, I speak wisdom. Where there's joy needed, I speak joy. God, would we trust you for 2020? Amen. We're going to close with a song this morning. We've got some amazing people up here that would love to pray with you. It would be their greatest honor to agree with you. It doesn't matter if your aunt's sick, if something's going on with your job, if you're just happy Christmas, like you just love Christmas. I don't care. If, if you want to talk with somebody, they are up here to agree with you in prayer, and, um, and, and we're going to worship, and then we've got next steps, and, and you can meet with us in the back, and uh, let's stand and worship.